How can we build human connections that will grow our business as well as our online engagement? You definitely want to stay tuned and find out. Okay, here's the question. How are we dark horses? You know, the ones everyone is betting against, the ones they don't expect to win, place, or even show on the track, and they'll even laugh on us when we talk about trying. How do we show the world our greatness and triumph? Well, that's the question, and this podcast will give you the answers. This is The Dark Horse Entrepreneur. My name is Tracy Brinkman. Hello, my Dark Horse friends and family. Welcome back to your weekly dose of human connection learning. I'm your Dark Horse host, Tracy Brinkman, and you, well, that's infinitely more important. You are a driven entrepreneur or one in the making. Either way, you're here because you're ready to start, restart, kickstart, or just start leveling up with some great marketing, personal, or business results in order to build that beautiful business of yours into the empire it absolutely deserves to be. Whew. I got a big episode today. Today, Jake Anderson shares his thoughts on vanity metrics and why they don't always mean someone is a great mentor or a coach. And he's also going to be sharing some valuable insights on making human connections. Plus, I want to let you in on next interview episode's guest who embarked on building a local marketing consulting business and promptly fell on his face. As per usual, the Dark Horse Corrals are chock full of business personal on marketing g-o-l-d spilling from every corner of the dark horse entrepreneur hq so let's get to the starting gates and go all right my dark horse friends and family today's guest is jake anderson now jake is a digital marketer a messaging coach and podcast host jake spent 10 years building an award-winning company in the special events industry then he realized he had a deeper passion in the business of sharing and selling information and knowledge via digital marketing strategies. It was at this point that Jake decided to embark on his new journey deep into the multi-billion dollar online education industry. Since that time, Jake has launched a top 100 podcast on Apple, works alongside some of the greatest marketers in the business, and is in developing groundbreaking solutions in what many consider to be the most important aspect to every digital marketing strategy. And that is messaging. So with no further ado, let's welcome my friend, Jake Anderson. Jake, welcome to the show, man. Tracy, what's going on, man? Thanks for having me. Man, another beautiful day in paradise, right? Absolutely. I know we were just... Go ahead, go ahead. Man. No, I was just going to say it's a, it's a it's a little uh it's a little rainy here where I'm at in Southwest Virginia, but I kind of like it, you know, when it, there's a, there's some paradise within the 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 rain and the and the cold weather. Uh, I like to sit on my porch and enjoy my coffee. So always trying to find that silver lining and creature in paradise. There you go. We actually just had a, a couple of days of yeah. You know, it wasn't a heavy rain, but it was that nice steady. Over two days, you got like three inches of rain. Now everything's all beautiful green right before it's mm. going to start changing colors. So I totally get it. There's uh, You got to have that rain in your life uh, to, to get the green, right? That's right. That's right. And, and there's there's probably a metaphor in there somewhere. <laughs> I, you know, I feel like we just discovered one. <laughs> <laughs> All right, all right, Jake. I know you and I have chatted a number of times. Yeah, I gave you the honor of uh, popping in on your show, but I want to uh, take you to t- take the mic away and share your story. You know, your your travels, your your path to lead you where you are, and 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 why you love doing what you do so much. Yeah, absolutely. It's it's been an interesting ride, I must say. And and uh, you know, I got started in entrepreneurship back in two thousand eight, and um, so I've been in it for a little while. Um, but 
I'll, I'll kind of hit on some of the highlights of, of my backstory because we could we could sit on the interview all day talking about <laughs> the, the 10 plus years of, of, of business. But there are certain there are certain things that I feel like really helped shape me to who I am today through those years. And what I'll do is I'll kind of unpack some of that for you and, uh, and for your listeners. So, you know, from there we can kind of do a little bit of a deeper dive into, into some of those things that I feel like has really helped shape me. But when I got started in business, I'll tell you, like, I just wanted to be an entrepreneur. Like, mm-hmm. I didn't really care what that was. I just right. wanted to be in business. So when I was on that journey in the beginning, I was looking for that opportunity to do something that can make me money. And that was like the sole focus. And it ended up landing me in the special events industry. I was working with a mentor who was, uh, he was actually a friend of my family, his family friend. It was uh, him and his wife were good friends with my step, uh, with my stepmom and my dad. Mm-hmm. And uh, very successful. He worked with celebrities, multimillionaire, kind of like all those vanity metrics that, you know, that really draws you into somebody. Right. <laughs> so, and he drew me into him. And I really, I remember learning through that experience because I worked with him for almost four years and I, I barely, like, it, I got no traction from it. It was, it was actually one of, I don't, I don't like to use the word like it was a failure or anything to that nature. It just, it just didn't work out. And I learned a lot through that experience. Mm-hmm. But mainly what I learned were a couple things was that vanity metrics don't always equal to capability of mentorship or like somebody actually had just because they have those vanity metrics or they're hitting a certain level of income or whatever that may be that draws mm-hmm. you in mm-hmm. doesn't necessarily mean that they're capable of teaching you. And the problem was, was that cause I, I did, and I'll share this, like I did $27,000 in revenue over four years. Like that's not, <laughs> that's, that's not, not vanity, easy. right? <laughs> that's, yeah. There's nothing. Yeah. That's like the shameful, you know, <laughs> shameful numbers there. So I, I remember, and that was under his, that was under his mentorship, right? That's mm-hmm. what I did. And a lot of people, you know, would look at it like, well, you know, it seems like that he would be able to draw you up kind of more to his level. It's like the problem was that he just didn't understand the vision and the model of the type of business I was trying to build. He only understood what he was building and what he got. So he couldn't make that kind of connection over to, and, and there was a lot of other things, but I ended up breaking out of that, uh, it was, it was actually a partnership. It was a partnership that I had formed with him and Mm -hmm. I was building a business kind of under his brand. And so it didn't work out. And I went very singular in my, in my brand and in my mission to just focus on lighting design. Cause the big problem with him was, and again, this is special events industry. He was trying to, he was, he was revising me to be like, do concerts and do bands and do DJing. I was actually a DJ for a little bit. So I did some DJing nice. work and <laughs> and I did lighting and I did all, I think I was like over seven different types of offers that, that mm. fell under the umbrella of special events, but there was a lot of incongruency between them. Sure. And I just couldn't get any traction. And I remember I was like, you know what? The one thing that I feel like I'm doing pretty well at out of all this is lighting. It's kind of like the McDonald's brothers when they're like, you know what? 90% of what we sell are just hamburgers. So let's right. just sell hamburgers. And that was kind of exactly. the same thing that happened for me. And when I did that, dude, it was, it was crazy. Like it, when I, I got rid of him because he was a bad partner, I went singular in my brand. I did 30 grand in three months. Wow. So, so just making that one change, I, was, I did 30 grand in three months versus 27 in four years just by making that one change. Wow. And that, was the, that was like the big aha moment I had early on in my career. But what happened, so I, I started, and, and, and after that, the company just went gangbusters. It was sure. doubling in growth and, you know, was winning awards. I got recognized nationally and 
Special Events Magazine and BizBash as being one of the top event professionals in the country. Like it was, it really went gangbusters. 2016, I actually moved myself out of the operations of the business to serve solely at the visionary role. And um, I had a team of about 18 employees and we, we were doing really, really well. But deep down inside, I wasn't happy. Mm-hmm. I wasn't happy with this mission that I had embarked on in special events. And when I really strip it back down to the core, back when I got started in this, I realized that I chose a business for the wrong reasons. Mm. I didn't choose it based on like really where I had a, a desire or a passion to fulfill on. It was based on just wanting to be an entrepreneur. And I didn't really care what that mission was. It's like, as long as I can say, it's almost like an egoic thing. It's like, as long as I can say I'm an entrepreneur yeah. and I'm doing it, yeah. then that mean, that's all I cared about. That was the only box I needed to check. And I ended up becoming miserable and I was hiding. I was like suppressing those feelings of misery for many years. And in 2018, I said, you know what? It's time to, to think about the new direction. It's time to think about where's this next chapter because I know that this one's going to close and I need to close it, but I got to get a plan together. Mm-hmm. So that's when I kind of came into the online space. Um, I was like going through that chaotic phase of idea creation. Like, what's the next idea? What's the next thing? And and I was trying to like reflect back on my experiences, like what could I offer? What could I do? And I remember, um, I think there was like, I think this is how a lot of people end up like in the whole ClickFunnels world. But I saw some ad for like this free book for .com secrets. I'm like, free book? Heck yeah. Like I'll take I've a seen free that book. Ad. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. So I saw that ad and, and, I, and I ended up in that in the, the click funnels ecosystem. And I was really like kind of fascinated by this whole concept of sales funnels and, and online business. And then I, I bought my first course, which actually include a whole module on building a software, a software as a service. Mm-hmm. So I thought, Oh, you know what? I can build a software. Cause there was a huge software problem still is actually in the special events industry. There's a massive opportunity over there that, that um, that's for another time, but <laughs> <laughs> I was going to fill that void because there wasn't a truly unified platform for mm-hmm. logistics planning from between vendor to vendor. And I knew that even for my own business, for it to scale, I needed to get some technology in here to really help it scale because right. it was lacking and there wasn't an available solution for it. So I was going to create it. So I was like, oh, you know, I was reading this, this Russell Brunson. I was kind of looking at Russell Brunson when he was, I was like, oh, I'm going to be like the Russell Brunson of the special events industry. Nice. So I was writing a book. I actually wrote about 200 chat. I've got an unpublished book for, for special events industry called Event Pro Systems because, because one of my, I guess, claims to fame from that industry was that I was a business owner who owned an event company that didn't operate or did them work in the operations. In fact, I lived, th- I've lived three hours away from the business and I was kind of rare and unheard of sure. in that industry. So I was going to basically document what I did to get to that level, which was all systems. It was all based gotcha. on building systems. Right. So, um, so I was building this out and then it was October, 2019 I'm sorry, it was May of 2019. I said, okay, now it's time to publish. You know, like what we're doing right now, we're doing a podcast, like publishing is so critical in the online space to be able to put out your voice, put out your message. And I was terrified of publishing. I mean, even making like a simple Facebook post Mm -hmm. with just text and graphics was, I I didn't even, I wasn't even comfortable just doing that. Much less going on a podcast or go, gosh, the going live on social media, that was a nightmare. Wouldn't even think about it. (laughs) Right. So I, you know, when it came time, so I put it off and I was building, 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 building this software, writing this book, 
put tons of money into it. And then finally, I was like, all right, I got to do it. I got to get out there and publish. I I can't keep avoiding this. So I started publishing and it was the most resistant thing I've ever done. It it was, it was full of friction. And I went on some podcasts. I actually hired a PR uh, lady to kind of help me with the public relations show to get, to get me on some podcasts, to get me published in some articles. And, um, and I, I remember it just didn't feel natural and I didn't like it. And I Mm. thought, okay, well, maybe there's resistance here that it's just new. It's like the newness of it all. And I'm still kind of getting through that. So I'll be patient with it. And then it got into October, 2019, five months later, I realized that I needed to read the writing on the wall. And that writing said, you don't care about special events anymore. Move on, move Mm. on from it. You need to move on from it. And so I just kept hanging on to it because that's all that I re- like. That was the industry that I knew. That's what I built my my business around. And I decided to shelf the whole thing and pretty much start from scratch. Okay. So since that time, since this is again, October, 2019. So we're about a year now since that time, what I really got obsessed with was clarity and really just unpacking my background and what I'm doing in business or what I've done in business and the, and the value that I can bring to the marketplace and really where I want to serve and where it's led me to today is I've, as you know, like I've got my podcast, I'm right. really active on social media, but where I'm really focusing my efforts on are customer journeys. I love customer journeys. I love taking that, that, that experience that somebody goes through as a potential customer in the marketplace and it leads them down this journey to results after becoming your customer and getting those results. And more specifically with expert entrepreneurs who sell knowledge as a service. Sure. Because I love knowledge, I love to learn, and when I interact with those people, it's like a big part of my why, which is just to become the best version of myself so I can best serve myself, my family, and anybody who's in my life. Well, when I work with these expert entrepreneurs, every time I have a conversation with them, it makes me better, and, yeah. and vice versa, right? So right. it's like that that's the kind of person who I want to serve, and that's where I'm at today. I think uh, I think there were some real gold gems in there, but I, I got to step back for a second because uh, only having met you, gosh, what it's been about uh, three, four months that we've been been interacting across Facebook and what have you. Um, I would have never guessed the whole uh, social media being a resistance for you, right? Because nowadays you're you're going live almost daily, sometimes yeah. a couple of times a day, you know, a lot in your, uh, in your Facebook group, the core collective, and uh, you're, it's very natural for you. So clearly that resistance you were feeling, like you said, was uh, quote unquote, you know, you're, you don't care about that particular industry anymore, but you've, you've found the new area of uh, the connection that you were looking for, which, which for me was huge because uh, what I get out of everything you've got going on nowadays is that human connection, right? You've, mm-hmm. you've made a big point of, Hey, all this technology is awesome. But yeah. if we use it just to send text all the time, we're, we're kind of, you know, eroding something that's really core to being successful and, and being successful with those customer journeys. And it's the fact that the customer is a person and you've got to connect with them at some level. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, human connection. And that was one of the things I brought with me from the special events industry was human. Con- like, I didn't, when I, when I was in that business, I didn't, I had a Facebook page. We had an Instagram page, but I bear, I don't, I didn't, I, didn't, I personally never even posted to it. I had like one of my technicians like, Hey, every once in a while, throw a photo up on there. Sure, like we, right? we didn't really, we didn't Here's really use doing. it. Yeah, exactly. We didn't really, and I, I, me being so terrified of social media and putting myself out there, obviously I'm not going to, you know, I didn't put myself out there. So, 
So when I was in the special events industry, it was all, you know, like going to networking events, speaking with people, having conversations, like everything was in 3D. (laughs) It wasn't, it wasn't texting graphs and and graphics and images and emojis and all the stuff you see on the newsfeed. It was actual real exchange of energy. And when I came in the online space, I noticed that was just completely reversed. It was like, no, now we all communicate through this newsfeed and that, and I just felt like there was such a void there. Mm-hmm. Like, wait a second, why are people not, you know, engaging like this? And and I think people want to, but I don't think the container is really there for them to do it. So that's yeah. when I created my Facebook group, Core Collective, it was for the purpose of just creating that container where people can really connect, you know, on a more deeper level. Yeah. And um, and, and because I know at the foundation of every business is a relationship somewhere, whether it be with yourself or with your customers or with, you know, podcast hosts or people you're doing you know, interviews with or your employees, your staff, everything's a relationship. And that relationship is, is built around the connection that you have with that person, including your, your customers. And that's why like the customer journey, I look at the connection with that customer and how it evolves through that journey all the way to the point of results. Yeah. So yeah, that's, that's like what you're talking about with human connection. That is the like, that's the footers to the foundation. It's, 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 it's what really keeps it strong and keeps it stable and keeps it from moving is that connection piece. Yeah. I think there's a great sounding board off of that is the, the fact that you can flub up, right? You can just totally choke up as a business person with a customer that you have a good connection with. And they'll be like, it's all good. We'll get through this together kind of thing. Whereas mm-hmm. if you don't build that connection with uh, with your customer and you hose up, they're going to be like, I'll find somebody else to do this for me. Right. I, uh, um, I actually was lucky enough and I actually enjoyed the whole time. Uh, I worked for an organization uh, called mobile media enterprises and they did special events uh, and they did custom events. And what's, uh, I think what resonated with me as I was listening to your story is uh, they started off doing custom vehicles, right? So mm-hmm. like you started off doing the whole package and then figure out lighting was your magic space. Uh, they went the opposite. They started off by doing um, unique vehicles. So like as an example, you've ever seen the Red Bull um, Mini Cooper? Mm, it's got the, yeah. yeah. So yeah. They, they, they did the original one. Um, so oh, they started wow. off doing vehicles like that, custom vehicles. One of the cool things they did was this uh, Ford F-150 where the back area would lift up and you'd see this display and they, they did it for Timberland boots. So their, mm. their premise was they would go on site where the guys that were wearing the boots could see the boots, right? And so they would yeah. arrive there and the hydraulic thing would open up and there'd be loud music pumping from the truck and everything. It was just this attention getter to draw everyone together, right? To literally yeah. connect with them, show them the boots. And then they, uh, later on when the technology was available, you know, they would bring uh, laptops and wireless so they could order directly from the Timberland store and et cetera. So then when they started doing well with that, then they went out to bigger, you know, they started doing more custom big events for, for companies, you know, and uh, it was, uh, it was an interesting experience because there, like you said, there's, there was no, there was no software to pull all the different pieces you were coordinating together. Right. Uh, mm-hmm. I remember doing an event where for Dr. Pepper, 
they were coming out with these new flavors. And we came up with this concept of, hey, it's the same thing, but it's different. And one of the things we did was we ha- I went out and got someone to write a computer program where I could take a picture of their face and then it would insert their – of course, this was – we're talking a decade ago, right? So the technology <laughs> yeah. back then wasn't like it is today. Um, but oh, sure. then, then they would walk up to a, a computer terminal and they can rotate themselves through different outfits and stuff. That was, you know, the different feelings, right? So it was, again, trying to connect them with the product bringing it back to that connection. But, you know, you had all the staging and the lighting and the computers and all these different, and then there's the staff, right? There's nothing to uh, coordinate all those events except a person. And it was, uh, I would have wished for a piece of software to help me out back then. Oh gosh. I mean, it's the technology certainly has its place. And, and it's, it's funny, like back, this was, Back in, I think, uh, June of this year, I was going through a pretty reactive state because I'm in the process of selling my lighting company. Okay. And with, with it being a global pandemic, it's a little tough to, to make that kind of transaction in an industry of large gatherings. So, right. <laughs> so I've, I, I've been, it's, it's been stressful, man. Like it, it really has and just full transparency there. But this was a thing that, that really hit me. I got very reactive and to the point where, I was looking at social media and I felt like social media was, was, was doing some harm in my life or there was something about Mm. it that wasn't, wasn't having a place. So I decided, I was like, I made this big announcement that I'm going to get off of social media because there was something about that technology that I just wasn't happy with. And what happened from that was I took a, it was really like a three week social media fast. I wasn't really posting content. I wasn't doing anything. And then it really hit me. And I started thinking about all the people who I've connected with mm-hmm. and the people who are in my life right now that if it weren't for Facebook, I would have never met them. I mean, mm-hmm. pe- you're one of them, right? Like right. people who you connected with and they're like, I've got a lot of really good friends that I've connected with in the entrepreneurial space because of Facebook. And I thought, you know what? I need to take back control here because what's happening is I'm letting my reactive side step in and causing me to make decisions that really aren't the best decisions. Right. And, and it came that like, we were talking, you're talking about the technology. It's like, it came down to that technology and having this, you know, not so great experience. And, and we can even go back to just the start of this interview talking about living in paradise, right? right? You know, yeah. I go outside, you can find paradise in any situation you're in. I feel like, you know, Absolutely. so it's like I walk outside Yes, that beautiful, beautiful skies and, you know, perfect weather, but it's perfect for me to sit under the porch with a hot, hot cup of coffee with a blanket on my lap with my wife and my kids relaxing with the rain and enjoying the sounds. And that's a paradise in itself. And looking at any kind of situation where it may not seem like a paradise, I Mm -hmm. think you can find a paradise, you know, within it. And, um, and technology has certainly been one of those things where, you can kind of you can kind of have a little battle with it where you're thinking like is this is this creating um, things in my life that are that are holding it back or is it actually helping it drive forward and progress and finding the things that are good about the technology and and how you can use it to to help you grow is the way you should do it versus letting it take control of you over you and over your emotions and over your state of being. Mm-hmm. And, and I felt like it let me, I felt like I was at that point where it was like taking control over me 
and I needed to take control back. So that's when I went on that fast. I just wanted to share that story because we were talking about technology and that was something recently that's happened and it was a breakthrough. It really was. And it's something I think I'm probably going to do, you know, a little bit more often if I feel, you know, just like really paying attention to your emotions and things and like figuring out what can I do to take back control? Because right now I'm losing it. Yeah. Yeah. I think first, uh, I have to agree with you. Technology is a tool and we just need to use it as such, right? Mm-hmm. It's not the end all be all of things. And what's funny is, as you were telling that story, I was thinking about You're now listening to-, to the Dark Horse Entrepreneur Podcast. When I came out of the service many, many moons ago, when you're in the service, you're giving a, a person that's called your buddy, right? Your, yeah. your, your battle buddy. And that's what you call them, right? You call them your buddy. So, uh, and I had this amazing battle buddy through my basic training and my AIT time. We did, we just bonded as brothers. And what's funny is right after I got out of AIT, I came back and I took 30 days leave before I went to my first duty station. And I was hanging out with some guys and someone called me buddy. And it, it actually pissed me off, right? Because how dare you call me buddy? You don't even know me that well, right? Mm -hmm. Because my mindset now was buddy meant this, right? Buddy meant someone who was going to, you know, kill for me or, you know, have my back at this, at this ultra level. And, and so that, that traveled with me for, for quite a while to the point of, I had one guy too, that through my life, I called brother. We weren't biological brothers, but I called him brother. Mm -hmm. And the whole thing, like you and I call each other brother quite a bit. Mm-hmm. I've only recently broke through that, right? I, I resisted the you're my brother thing for the longest time. And I think it's to my, to my detriment because I had these relationships that were really close. And so those were my brothers and you're not my brother yet, right? We haven't built that relationship. So I think as a result of that mindset, you know, that me not getting that breakthrough, I lost a lot of uh, relationship opportunities. Right. Mm -hmm. If I just would have said, shit, okay, yeah, brother, it's cool. Because I find as I'm doing that now and just saying, just opening up, saying, yeah, we're brothers, we're we're clicking, we're we're jamming, this is cool, right? Um, It it opens up for those brothers to step in and for those buddies to step in. And if I find the ones that are really not jiving, okay, well, we can just push them aside, but you keep the new ones in there. And it's that, it's that mindset, right? It's that, that clearing of things. It's, it, it's just a word, ladies and gentlemen, it's just a word. Yeah. It, it's, it's when you, when you see the, the, the kind of the dialogue that, that evolves with people when you're having those relationships and, and, and I feel like, you know, you're talking about calling each other brother and, one thing I've noticed, and now that you're speaking about, I'm kind of thinking in my mind, like, when does that point come where that starts to become part of the conversation? Mm-hmm. You know, we're like, hey, brother, what's going on? And because uh, I don't think it happens immediately, maybe with some people, you know, right. some people, but 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 I feel like it, it's almost like there's an evolution to it. And when whenever, like whenever I'm online, you know, and I'm on Facebook or I'm connecting with somebody, I try to take like a, an intentional, I try to set intentional time especially with new people who are sending me friend requests or vice versa to be like, you know what, let's just take a, just take a moment and just have an actual conversation through messenger at least, you right. know, and, 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 and figure out a little bit more out about each other. And, and that actually gauges how I decide who, you know, who I want to kind of keep in my sphere of, of, of media, so to speak. Sure. And, and what I've noticed is that some people you kind of start off with and you start clicking really well. 
And then by the end of the conversation, you're calling each other brother. And yeah. it's, it's like this, it's this, you know, ah, you're really connected. And then what happens from there, and this is like kind of getting back into the business piece of it all is and wh- what, what I've learned from that experience, because I will, I'll put a little bit more effort in to just having a conversation on messenger. And what I've realized is that when it comes down to, when it goes to the newsfeed, when the conversations go to the newsfeed, Mm-hmm. You see more engagement, mm-hmm. you see more thoughtful responses mm-hmm. because there's that little bit, enough of a relationship there yeah. that gets people interested in what you're posting and what you're talking about, Yeah, right? And if you, and if you never actually have that relationship and you keep everything at that surface level of, you know, here's the surface and there's not really much depth in, in the engagement of things, right? then you know, what really, what's the real, what's the real value in that? Like, right. it does, it, I don't know. I mean, it, maybe there's something there. I haven't seen it, but what I have seen is that taking that little extra time to have that conversation, if you can get it to the place of calling each other brother or my friend there, and there's that exchange, right. you know, of, of kind of, you know, friendly labeling, so to speak with mm-hmm. each other, that's going to then carry into your business and people will, I tell you, like in my Facebook group, I noticed, um, it wasn't, but like maybe a week or so after launching it, I started noticing, I was getting tagged by people in other groups saying, oh. you should, see, yeah, that, yeah, Jake's doing this really cool thing called hot seat rooms. Like that was, mm-hmm. <laughs> I was starting to get tagged, you know, about that in other groups. Nice. And all it was, was like, there wasn't anything fancy about it. It was like, all I'm doing is just creating like a small focus area for people to kind of connect and collaborate. But it was, it, I guess because it was different. Yeah. Or I don't know what it was, but it was, it, 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 there was something about that connection there that caught notice by some people mm-hmm. and, and people started sharing. So again, like when you have that relationship, getting it to the place of calling each other brother or my friend, or, or you really feel like you leave it and it only takes a few minutes. It's not yeah. like you gotta, you know, some kind of, sometimes you'll have conversations go longer, but that's okay. Yeah. That's a good thing. You're, you're we're, we, we live in a world of building relationships with one another, but when you, t- what, what that does and magic behind it, especially if you're in the online entrepreneur space that carries over into your content that carries over into your engagement and it makes your ability to, to get that interaction and get that engagement a lot stronger than just putting up this barrier between you and everybody else. And the only time you remove it is at that surface level of the news feed. Yeah. And that's the only time it exists. So, yeah, no, that's that uh, you reminded me of that saying, what is it? An inch deep and a mile wide. Who, who wants that? You'd rather go, I'd rather yeah. be, you know, an inch wide and a mile deep, you know, you'll, mm-hmm. you'll connect a lot better. And you're right. I know as I've uh, um, started that connected and pulled back and, you know, Hey, brother, and had those literally got with you, uh, you know, had the conversations with folks. The you're right, the interaction goes up, right? There's more likes, people mm-hmm. react to the posts, and they they literally engage with you. So now, um, it's that human connection inside that, that technological tool. <clears throat> All right, so. This has been cool. I mean, I, I knew we were, I knew we were going to go human connection with you because that's that's <laughs> that's that's your zone right there. But yeah, I, I want I want to ask you my one can question, right? So yeah, I I know we all this is the dark horse entrepreneur, right? So at, at some time we've all felt like that dark horse. I assume you would you've had that feeling in your life as well. How have you navigated that that dark horse persona when you when you felt it? You know, I I would date this back to when I first got started in entrepreneurship and there's a level of perseverance that has to be 
kept in mind when when you're going, especially when you're getting started. And, you know, I didn't come from, you know, my, my, I came from a blue collar middle class family. I wasn't, you know, I didn't have like all this money handed to me. Sure. I had to, I had to really roll my sleeves up. And, and, uh, and I remember when I was getting started, there was just, it just seemed to be, it just, it just seemed like nothing. It, it almost, there was part of me that felt like it was a pipe dream at one point. I remember because right. I had put so many years into it. I was like, is this really going to happen? Mm-hmm. But I, I decided to just focus so much on that. It's like Napoleon Hill thinking or you got to have that burning desire. Right. And when I was, um, I'm trying to think of how to put this in, into good context here, because there was a time when I remember I was laying on the floor in my, in my wife's apartment. Well, at the mm-hmm. time she was my girlfriend. I was laying on the floor. I remember I had my hands just like over my face. Like, ugh, like I don't know what to do to make this right. I can't like nobody calls me. I would dress up in a suit and, and <laughs> like, you know, I would go to these venues and I would schmooze. I would go to networking events. I mean, I was doing, I felt like I was doing everything right. And nobody mm. would call me. Like nobody would call me for business. And I just couldn't, I just couldn't get it to click. I couldn't get any traction. And the big thing that helped me break through that was I stopped listening to my, it's, it sounds kind of, and it's not that I stopped listening to myself, but when it came to getting traction in business, instead of listening so much to what was inside my own head, mm-hmm. I just started listening to the market. And I started saying, you know what, what's the market need me to do? What do they really need me to do? And when mm-hmm. I started listening to the market and making decisions based on that, that's when I realized, okay, well, all this stuff that this, you know, so-called mentor is telling me to do is, is really not mm. what the market wants me to do. Sure. Right. So when I started listening to the market with my business specifically, that helped get tremendous traction. Now, let me tell you, say this one, one other thing too, because I've had a dark horse moment recently with kind of this new chapter in my business. Okay. And I've kind of flipped it where I started listening to myself. And what I mean by that is I started listening to, I started the mission by listening to myself and what it is and how I want to serve. But then once I have that figured out, then I start listening to the market saying, this is how I want to serve. Now you tell me how I should serve you. Ah, ah, So, so, so in the beginning it was, I never actually, I didn't listen to myself first. And I said, I, you know, I kind of listened to, I'm not, I'm not trying to think, let me back up here. It wasn't that I, I didn't listen to myself first. I just went in and chased a dollar sign. Yeah. And then from there, I listened to my, I only listened to myself about how I can realize that to become real. Right. And then now the, the shift that I made and what's really been a breakthrough for me is that I start with listening to my core. That's why I call, that's why I call it the core collective. Yeah. It's because absolutely. we're, we're, we're here to work from the core of who we are, our passions and our desires. And then from there, let the market tell you where you want them to take them. And, and, and that's, that's, that has been a huge game changer for me. Yeah, absolutely. I know. And I'm, I'm lucky enough to been privy to some of this conversation. I know when you, when you uh, launched your, uh, your podcast, you had this amazing launch party in Mm -hmm. a zoom room and everything. And you had shared with me in in some of our conversations, how, how much 
gold information and data you had gleaned from that experience that uh, it, it, it started some new ideas up in your head. So I think that's what I heard you saying as I was listening to you. Hey, you listen to yourself. Hey, I want to go out here and I want to serve you. And then you started that. Now you're listening to the market, getting all that data back saying, okay, yeah. this is how you can serve me, Jake. And now you're headed down that path to to execute against that. That's that's phenomenal. That's that's a gem of uh, Epic proportions right yeah, there. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> all right. I want to be mindful of your time. And uh, I know we all have wonderful things to do. And given that it's Saturday today, we got together at oh, dark 30 in the morning. I'm sure family time <laughs> is on the horizon for you, right? Yes, sir. Yeah. And I'm not sure what we're going to do today. We actually, I'm sure my wife's itching to probably go. We, we live right next to a YMCA. It's like, it's really nice. A brand new YMCA. So we usually go over there and go into the pool and nice. take the kids. And uh, my, my youngest, who just the one who just turned four years old, he loves basketball. So we'll, we'll, we'll get his little basketball and go to the basketball court Sweet. and shoot around for a little bit. Yeah. Right on. <laughs> so let, let everybody know where they can learn more about Jake Anderson, the core collective and, uh, and the introspective podcast yeah for sure so um my facebook group core collective is is really the best place to connect with me and that's www.growmycore.com will take you it's a vanity url they'll take you right there to the page and that's g-r-o-w-m-y-c-o-r-e.com um and something new that i'm actually going to be starting depending on when this podcast gets released it might already be in action because i'm going to start doing this next week but i do two episodes for my podcast introspective um, every week and one's a solo and one is an interview but my solo episodes I'm going to actually start doing those live inside Ooh. of my um, Facebook group and I'm going to make the community kind of part of the podcast so questions that you have I'm going to pick a topic you know at whatever that topic is the first one I'll go and share this with with the audience the first one's going to be how to understand your real your true worth because I know people ask about that like what is, you know I feel like I'm not charging what I'm worth and right I've got a lot to talk about there but I want to get the community involved in that discussion so I'll be going live I'll be answering some questions so but so that's the best place to start with me you're you know you'll come into the community you'll get that experience we do the hot seat rooms but you'll also get the podcast experience through there as well it's kind of nice. like the nucleus of my content is in that community and again, it's it's called the Core Collective, and it's www.growmycore.com. And the podcast is called Introspective. It's on Apple, uh, Spotify, Google, and Stitcher. So any of those platforms, um, you know, love for you to subscribe, um, drop me a review with some feedback if you have any, it would be much appreciated. And um, yeah, it's two episodes a week, so um, I think I'm at 21 coming up next week for nice for uh, yeah. And, and just so everyone knows, I personally think the introspective podcast is fire. I, I am a subscriber. I listen to it uh, regularly. I'm really excited about this new angle of the, the live version of it. I'm going to have to check that out too. Yeah. That's, that's a cool idea. All right. All right, sir. Any final thoughts you want to leave the audience with before we, uh, we depart? I mean, the only thing I, I'll leave you with is to, is to just understand that your business is, is built around the relationships that you have with it and to realize that we're all human beings and to think about that relationship, whatever stage it's in, understand that that connection is what's going to strengthen that relationship. And when that relationship is strengthened, it, it, it makes for a strong foundation and we can only build businesses on strong foundations, right? You, you don't see yeah. an empire built on, in, in, inside the dirt. You know, mm -hmm. it's, it's, there's always cement, there's footers, and you got to build that foundation. And it starts with the, the connection, the relationships, and the messaging, too, 
that you have within all of those connection points. So I'll leave you listeners with that. That's my, that's my big takeaway from this whole conversation. And, and Tracy, it's been such a pleasure. I'm, I'm so happy and grateful for the opportunity to come on your show. Absolutely. I appreciate your time, Jake. Well, actually, we'll have to loop back and do this again in a few months and, and see where things have progressed for you and, and everything that's going on over the Core Collective. All right, everybody. That was Jake. All right. There you have it, my Dark Horse friends and family. Jake Anderson leaving us with some heartstring pulling bombs, right? Just sitting there making us think, oh my God, you know, am I letting my social media get in my way? Anyway, here are a few thoughts I came away with. Number one, vanity metrics do not always equal an ability to coach. Yeah, I think this is really cool because in a time when social media seems to be reigning as king, vanity metrics are something that so many focus on, right? Oh, how many followers do you have? How many likes and shares? Yeah, you know, how many uh, followers do you have? Like I just said, you know, how many likes are your posts getting? How many comments? How many shares? When it comes to all of this, I think we have to be honest in the fact that these metrics can and will show you the popularity of your content, but they don't necessarily equate to an ability to mentor, teach, or coach another person. So please, if you're considering someone as a potential coach or as a potential mentor, dig deeper than just the vanity metrics, would you? Get beyond the likes, get beyond the shares and the followers. Look at the person, look what they've done. Look at what they're doing, what they have accomplished, who they are inside. Make sure that aligns with who you are and where you want to go and where you want to take yourself and your business. Thought number two, are you happy with your choices? See, Jake's passion to become an entrepreneur guided some of his decisions and direction that landed him in the event planning business. Now, while he was becoming successful, and actually was very successful in his industry and space, I mean, he was getting recognized nationally, getting awards, and of course, you know, making money, he wasn't happy. So Jake set off to find a path that would fulfill him internally as well as externally. So, how is your current entrepreneurial path fulfilling your needs? And not just those financial ones, but those values that you have and the priority of those values. Hmm? Think about it. Seriously, do you hold your family value at number one? Yet your entrepreneurial journey is keeping you away from them more often than not? Now, don't get me wrong here. I get it, right? You need to put in the work. But if you're stealing too much from one, to the benefit of another, maybe you're, you know, traveling down the wrong path. But, you know, alas, if you think about it, this is an answer only you can give yourself. And you have to honestly, you know, take a look and reflect. But if you're currently feeling that there's some internal resistance on the path you're going, yeah, perhaps it's a question you need to address and soon for yourself and for your customers. Thought number three. Are you looking for a paradise you already have? Yeah, so many get lost on a journey for paradise and often lose sight that the very paradise of the very paradise that they're already in. This reminds me of that story of the, the farmer who was tired of working so hard and heard about the diamonds that were out there. So what did he do? Yeah, he sold the farm and he went on search for those elusive diamonds. Uh, meanwhile, I mean, and he went off and he searched and he searched and he searched and he died tired, penniless, unhappy, and broke. Meanwhile, back at the farm, as they say, you guessed it, they found 
diamonds. Now, of course, these were diamonds that were rough and in the raw, so the original farmer didn't recognize them as those shiny objects that so many covet. So I think this kind of teaches us two lessons here. One, there are diamonds in your own backyard. You just got to look for them. And two, the diamonds that you're most likely looking for are not going to be found in their shiny form. They're going to be in their rough form. And you're going to have to put in the work to cut and shape and polish them into your own shiny, multifaceted stone that is uniquely you. And thought number four, take a few minutes out of your day to engage. Yep, you heard me right. Take some time. Take a minute. Take a half hour, whatever it is, to truly engage with those that are showing an interest in who you are and what you do. Find out about them who they are, what they do. I would say treat it as if you just met them at a party, right? I mean, if you're just chilling at one of those those tall tables, maybe you got a drink in your hand, would you just say, hey, dude, buy my stuff? No. (laughs) And if you would, this is probably not the podcast for you, okay? Um, But rather, you'd probably ask them about them, right? Who they are, where they're from, what they do. You know, you would try to engage in a real conversation. Now, you know what? That is totally possible online too. Yeah, no, really, go ahead, give it a shot. Trust me, when you do, you'll meet some amazing people like Jake and some of the other folks that uh, I've been lucky enough to get on the podcast here. And as Jake shared, and and as, as I've seen as well, as you do this, it will begin to translate into engagement of your content. And perhaps over time, you could prove my thought number one invalid, you know? Making the vanity metrics actually mean something of true inner value. Hmm? Just a thought. All right. What inspiring tips and thoughts and ideas resonated with you today? Hmm? Well, whatever they were, take some time, write them down, put them in the action. Get out there, run your race, get your results, and let me hear about them. Seriously, email me at tracy at darkhorseschooling.com. Share the tips or the ideas that you came away with how you put them in the action, and the results that you came from. Heck, who knows? Probably get you on the show and let you share with everyone else. And that's a win for both of us. All right, so in our next episode, Tom Gaddis. Yeah, Tom always wanted to be self-employed. He wanted to be free of all the butt smooching of corporate America or of the corporate world. He wanted success so bad that he struck out on his own to follow his entrepreneurial dream and promptly fell flat on his face. Now, obviously, he turned it around, and therein lies the story and the advice he's going to share with us next week. Now, I know you want to keep getting all these valuable tips and inspirational stories from this podcast and all the amazing guests I've been lucky enough to bring on. So go on down there, hit that subscribe button. While you're there, drop us a five-star rating and leave us some kind words in the review, some words of encouragement, some words of improvement. All are welcome. And I know, of course, you want to keep getting all this entrepreneurial G-O-L-D. And you want to share it with others, right? Yep. So go out there and share this podcast with other entrepreneurs and business owners that you know will get value from it. And with that, I'm going to leave you as I always do. Think successfully and take action. Thank you for listening to the Dark Horse Entrepreneur Podcast. Thanks for tuning in. Check us out at www.darkhorseschooling.com. All right. My name is Tracy Brinkman.